Welcome to the Common Grounds Unity Podcast, where we have great conversations with unity-minded Christians. Our goal is to encourage unity of the Spirit within the Stone Campbell Movement and beyond. We believe unity starts with a cup of coffee. So grab a cup and join us as we seek to fulfill Jesus' prayer that we may all be one. And now... Here are your co-hosts. Welcome to the Common Grounds Unity Podcast. Folks, we are going to return to our conversation with Rudy and Fate Haygood that we didn't end last week. The conversation was going so well, we decided to carry it over into this podcast. So... Let's join that conversation in progress. Thanks for joining us. Faith, to go back to you for just a moment, um, in the Christian Standard article that we talked about, uh, you said our outward ineffectiveness is indicative of our, of our internal division. It seems on all sides of our multifaceted brotherhood, we have been cannibalizing one another and sacrificing our children on the altar of our own hubris, as opposed to seeking to pull down the kingdom of evil through the grace of God. Well, that is a, that's a strong, powerful statement. Could you just speak a little bit to that Yeah, and the thoughts behind it? Yeah. Um, I, I honestly believe if, if the church um, were, were actually, actually unified, um, we will be effective. We'll be effective in in bringing about a kingdom agenda in the world. I, I don't, I honestly don't think we will ever, cause I don't think it's the design of the church. I don't think the church is a power uh, model, but I, I do believe that we will be able to, to affect culture in such a way, not, not simply culture, i.e. how the church has, I mean, in music, etc. I mean, the culture of hearts. Um, I believe we could bring hope, you know, if we were able to get ourselves unified, I don't think we can manifest Christ. I think Rudy was spoke to it, you know, when he was reading from John 17, that, that, you know, until we are that model of unified, we can't manifest what Christ put us here for. Um, and th this idea of cannibalizing one another, and I don't know if it's, I can't speak to it in um, Christian church circles. I know it, it's like that in, in Church of Christ circles very often, not all, but sometimes, is that we get to the point where our, our evangelistic thrust is more about uh, trying to scoop up a disgruntled members from other churches um, and stealing 
um, mm. then then it really is about engaging the culture and bringing people out of the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And I believe we've, we've gotten to the point where we sacrifice our children on that altar of our pride because we don't give them a church. We don't give them a church that is so pervasive and so all-consuming um, and so need-feeling that they that they want to, to stay. So we just would rather them die. And in and in and in and in my heart, um, if not go to hell, be lost from a loving relationship with Jesus, then change how we do what we do. You know, mm. we, we 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 refuse, we refuse to to reflect the needs of the culture. I don't believe it's, I don't believe the culture church is, is the answer. But I'm saying is that is that we <laughs> let me make it plainer. We're all right with white church, black church, Korean church, Chinese church, you know, liberal church, mm -hmm. conservative church. We're cool with that. And I'm not anti that. I see that in the scripture. I see that some churches are called to certain groups of people. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying this is that 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 is because that is how those generations were. I believe that was a very purposeful thing. This is where the people are, so we need something that meet our children grow up in a worldwide, you know, mm -hmm. multifaceted, multiracial, mm -hmm. multi. That's what they grow up in, and, and, yes. and we don't care. We we're not going to change. We rather them not be able to relate any way culturally. I'm not talking about ecclesiastically. I'm talking about culturally to the church. Mm -hmm. And we're all right with it. That can't be right. Yeah. That can't be right. So mm. that, appreciate uh, that, brother. Yeah. Let me let me ask you both. You know, for our listeners that are sitting out there and saying, okay, I man, I see the heart of God on this. I I have a, a heart that's being shaped for this myself, what, what are a couple of just practical steps an individual can take and a church can take to do this better and to listen better? I mean, I, Oh, you want me to go first? I, I can go. So you can, okay. you can close this out. Um, uh, uh, I, I think we need to stop. Well, if, if, if you want me to speak, um, to, to what I feel um, as far as it, culturally white churches can do. Sure. I, Absolutely. Love to hear I, it. I, I think we need to stop, stop demonizing what we don't understand. You know, stop demonizing yeah. it. Um, you know, and I've seen it. It just, it just, it, it's really heartbreaking. Um, you know, suddenly the Black Lives Matter movement, the whole movement is just demonized. Woke movement demonized uh this this whole thing on crt critical race theory demonized which which is silly because i mean critical race theory was was a legal dogma for academics you know now most black folk didn't even know about it until until folks started demonizing it and then it became a thing <laughs> i mean yeah. i mean the when i say most i mean 98 <laughs> percent yeah you know, didn't have any idea about critical race theory 
period. <laughs> but if, if we can't have a conversation if 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 already the rhetoric is that this is something demonic from the belly of hell. You know, you, if if it's if it's gonna be like that, we're not gonna be able to talk. Um, I'll give you an example. I uh, this is back when they had uh, I'm b- bad with dates, but there was it was around August, July or August, and there were four black men killed. Um, and it was bad, bad. And then right after that, there were two or three, I think four of them shot. I think two died, um, policemen in Dallas. Um, and I remember how heartbroken I was and how it messed with my head. I was born in 62. And so I lived through that time. Um, and I, I thought my son would not see this stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I saw my son, you know, I saw that stuff, you know, I was a victim of that stuff, um, you know, of being attacked by white mobs. You know, I've been through all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I thought my son wouldn't see that. So it broke my heart. But anyway, I, I can remember at the church, one of the ways we responded to it, we had a thing called Blackout Sunday. We asked everybody to wear black for morning. And we preached a sermon on, on racial reconciliation. And then at that afternoon, we had a panel. On this panel, we had the, the leader of the local Black Lives Matter uh, movement. We had uh, uh, an attorney. We had representative representative from the sheriff's department. Um, and we had a preacher. Um, and we had an audience of, 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 of local social leaders and church members just to have a conversation because because I believe that the church has to be situated and positioned to able to to bring about unity regardless of ideologies mm-hmm. and uh and so I remember the Black Lives Matter person said listen man you know what had you not called me I'd never sit on a panel with these people never but they were able to talk on that day mm-hmm. um, but if 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 all of a sudden I demonize Black Lives Matter or if I demonize the cops or if I did, de- all of a sudden we can't talk. We, we can't mm-hmm. speak to one another. Um, no room for conversation none. and where there's no room for conversation, there's no room for understanding. Absolutely. And so that's what I would say. I would say, you know, just stop demonizing people, you know, um, here, you know, here, here the pain, you know, and in hermeneutics, Determine the context so you can interpret. You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, stop just saying, "Oh my God, this is that," because you get some emotional hit from it. No, there's a reason you had you know thousands upon thousands of people in the street, and they're not all idiots. They're not all hateful people who hate white people. And you know, I mean, it just you know, yeah. and if we if we don't get past that, you know, it's, it's gonna be a- yeah. Con- context isn't just for Bible study. No, sir. Amen. <laughs> Rudy, what would you contribute to that? Um, I, when I think of, uh, it's been a while since the question, I think we're basically talking about solutions, right? Yeah, just practical steps that... Okay. And, and sp- spiritual steps that, okay. that individuals or churches can take. Okay. Uh, I think maybe racial racial reconciliation is not the best terminology. 
Okay. Um, and and his, and obviously, um, we are ministers of reconciliation. Uh, but here's what I mean: um, unless Adam and Eve were different races, what are we reconciling back to? Because mm-hmm. since since the fall, we we have had a problem um, with uh, racial unity um, in the body of Christ. Period. And so when you say reconciliation, it, it, it's almost this uh, kumbaya, let's get back to, well, for black people, which decade are we going back to? Come on. Which, 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 which era was a great place for us? Yep. Um, and, and obviously I'm speaking as a black person, um, you know, my Mexican, Latinx, Latino, Hispanic brothers and sisters might say which era or Asian brothers and sisters in a Western context might say which which era are we going back to are we going back to the garden of eden i mean <laughs> wh- wh- what are we going back to um I, I think we need to i think we do need to look back but we look back to see the problem um which which is inter- interesting that Faye brought up crt um because one of the reasons why it's been such a push against crt because crt puts the problem in your face the, the systemic racism that has been a part of our culture. And we don't want to look back at the problem, which I think that we need to look back at the problem so we can look at what do we need to do to move forward. And so I think we need some kind of terminology, and I don't have the best terminology yet, but we need terminology that talks about racial unity moving forward, not looking back. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, looking back, um, at least from an Amer- African-American context, I, I don't know which era I would want to go back to. Um, right. So maybe it should be racial integrity. Maybe that's a better term. I don't know. Um, but we need something that's about forward movement, um, something that provides some hope um, and not just let's go back to not talking about this. Or let's go back to when we all got along. We don't know when we all got along. Um, and so um, and then just looking at faith mentioned the Church of Christ and the independent Christian church, uh, the independent Christian church is really good at come and see are really good at evangelism. I mean, really good at um, the non-believer, new believer, really good at that. Um, we got to get better at go and tell. Um, we got to get better. Um, you know, you, you come to us and we got these great services, um, but we got to get better at go and tell. And so what I mean in this context as, as it relates to race, um, we have to actually be like the Christ. Uh, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth, dwelt meaning to tabernacle. We have to learn to go and set up our tent with other people groups. Hmm. We, we have to go, hmm. we, we have to learn to be on uh, racialized missions, go and, and experience um, other groups as a learner, as a listener, um, uh, trying to understand their context of ministry, their 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 context of uh, what it means to do ministry um, here in in an American context. I think we got to learn to go and tabernacle, um, and and for the sake of understanding the culture. Um, Long term missionaries often go, and before they do any ministry, they got to go and learn the language, go and learn the culture. Got to before you can speak into the culture and give them Jesus, you got to understand the culture. And I think sometimes. In the body of Christ, we just want people to come to us, come and see, but we don't want to go and tell. And go and tell requires uh, some time of learning 
and listening first. And so I, I want to give what, what I consider four stages, four stages of racial integrity. Hmm. Um, I, I'm at a diverse church and, uh, and uh, churches like mine, not just mine, but churches like mine. You, there, there's this sense of we've arrived because we're diverse. Um, and, you know, because you, you walk in the doors and you see you see L.A. I mean, you see Asians, uh, Latinos, Hispanics, Middle Easterners, black, white, because you see everybody. You feel like you've arrived. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and my my thought on that is uh, diversity is stage one of racial integrity. And so diversity just means we share the same space. And so that's level one. Um, and if, if we don't share the same space, we can't get to the other steps. And that's why I think diversity matters. Uh, diversity matters. That's the tabernacle. Diversity matters because it puts you in the room. It puts you in the space. Uh, step two would be unity. Um, unity means we share the same banner. Uh, and we have a we have a we had a head start with that in Christ yep. because our first banner is Jesus Christ. Yep. We, we, we lift him up so that all might come to him. So we, we have this banner, but not just Jesus Christ. I think we have to learn to lift up um, other causes and banners with one another that we might walk in unity. Um, so diversity is a bridge to unity. It's, it's, it's a way to get to, because we share the same space, diversity, it doesn't mean that we're one, mm-hmm. right? And so right. diversity stage one. Unity is step two. So now we actually have some causes, the first one being Jesus Christ, that we share the same, uh, we share the same banner. Step three is community. A community means we, we share the same life. Um, things like you guys talk about having a cup of coffee with each other. Uh, but I think more, more like uh, showing up at um, someone's kid's graduation, um, being, um, doing life together. Uh, when, 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 some, when someone gets um, when someone dies in the family, you know, they call you before they call the pastor. Now you're in community. Uh, when, when they celebrate, um, you, 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 they call you to celebrate. That's community. And so I think that's step three. But that, and that's great. And, but I don't think that's the ultimate goal. I think the ultimate goal is solidarity. Uh, where we want to get to is solidarity as a people, where, the, where we share the same pain. That's where we want to get to. When, when, when my brother mourns, I mourn. And one of the th- reasons why it has been very difficult um, as an African-American with all the, with the racial stuff that's been going on um, is for a long time, we did not see our Christians, brothers and sisters sharing our pain. Yep. And that's, family, family doesn't do that. Yep. Well, we'll say things like, we'll say things like, you know, well, brother, I know you went through that and I'll, I'll never understand, but I'll listen. Okay. Yeah. That might be minimally true, mm-hmm. but I can't do that with my wife. Nope. Yeah. I can't go, oh, baby, you going through that? I'll never understand, but I'll, I better be trying to understand. Mm-hmm. I, I better be trying to figure out a place of empathy, a, a place where I can can, can experience what she's experiencing. Uh, and and if, if I don't, my marriage will eventually begin to erode because she feels alone. If she goes through pain and I don't care, or she goes through pain and my, my response is, well, I, I know you're going through that, but you know, I, I, I'll never understand, but I, I'll listen. It, that's not, that's not what family does. Mm-hmm. It, I don't, I don't, I clearly don't understand my daughters half the time. 
It is my job to get in there and try to figure out how to understand what's going on with my daughter. Yes. I only had boys. I don't know that name. <laughs> it is different. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I can't just say, well, my sons, I understand. My daughters, I don't. Mm-hmm. I got to get in there and try to figure it out because that's what racial integrity, our family integrity, our unity requires. We, we got to go from diversity to unity to community to solidarity, from sharing the same space to sharing the same banners to sharing the same life to sharing the same pain. So I, I think that's the pathway. Um, but if you're never in the same room, you never get to any of the other steps. Well, that's that's an application of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Your, your toes hurting. Your, your body doesn't say, well, I mean, I, yeah. I can't experience that. I don't know what it's like, but I'll listen. Yeah. No, you're, 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 you're a body, not just an organization, and you that's feel right. it with one that's another. Right. That's right. Can I jump in on that right quick? Just, just yeah. Please do. I have a friend... Um, um, and he has two white, two black sons. He's a white guy. He has he adopted two black sons. Um, uh, well, no, he didn't adopt. He actually married a black woman. So you know, <laughs> and black. So he married. He married. He married his sons. Yes. 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 <laughs> well, anyway, uh, um, they live in a predominantly white neighborhood, and um, their sons were in the car driving with some of their white friends. And the car pulled over and their sons were treated horribly and the white kids were not. Mm. He told me, he says, now I understand. Now I get mm. it. Now I get it. He said, I didn't understand before. He said, now I get it. I understand that fear. I, I've heard black guys talk about teaching their sons how to interact with the police. I never thought, he says, so my son, you know, the white guys got to go home and my son's are not calling me to pick them up. He says, I get it. Mm. He says, now I'm fearful. Now I'm fearful yeah. of the police. Yeah. My second story mm. is my, from my friend, Luke um, Norsworthy, which you know very well, um, who's a preacher there right. now at um, Westover. Um, yes. He asked me that question about interacting with the police. And I said, well, the difference is, you know, policemen come to your house for dinner Policemen's children go to soccer practice with your children. Um, so of course you're not. I said, I never interact with the police. I'm like, none of the policemen live in my neighborhood. I don't know their kids, I don't know their names, I just know them as officer. Hmm. So so when I, when I when they pull me over, it's not <laughs> it's not, hey Ned, I saw you at dinner the other day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, you know, it's put your hands on the on the steering wheel. And so when when Rudy talked about feeling pain. I think I think once we can get there, you know, then we can have that that last that last area he was talking about. Uh, guys, powerful stuff, and you have given you've given us a lot to hear and listen to, and and for folks to process, and you've given us good theological undergirding with some some practical things to take away. We, we've been blessed to have you. Uh, for this conversation. Thanks for having us. And man, I thank you for, for coming and, and want to have you back as individuals and as brothers. We'd have right. you either way. <laughs> um, so thank you uh, for both these conversations. Uh, we've got to come to a close, but I, I, I always end, we, we kind of lighten things up a little bit at the end with a practical question. And it has been up until now that I've always asked people, 
if I were to get together with you and have a cup of coffee and build this relationship deeper and our fellowship deeper, you know, how do you take your coffee? So you can answer that, <laughs> but here's what I'm going to ask you guys. If we were, uh, if I was up there in LA and we were going to get together for coffee, what is your favorite place to gather with a friend and grab a cup or a meal? Answer both those. How do you take your coffee and where would we get together? Where are some of your favorite places? <laughs> oh, you're going to hate me. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me you don't like coffee. Oh, I do. But oh, okay. I, I got, <laughs> uh, we'd probably go to Starbucks. <laughs> I can do Starbucks. And, and I'd have a, a decaf Americano. All I drink is <laughs> That is no no problem at all. I you know I can sit down with a caffeinated cup and drink with a decaffeinated brother anytime and an americano. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> what about you, Rudy? Uh, well, it depends on the time of day because I, I uh, I'm intermittent fasting. I've lost uh, sixty pounds in the last four months, something like that. Oh, yes, sir. man. Yeah, I, and so if it's before. Yep. It's before one or two o'clock. I'm drinking my coffee black. And uh, after that, uh, now I drink it with uh, cream, no sugar. But before uh, I would go to coffee bean with the hazelnut powder, which was cream and sugar. So it just kind of depends on uh, the day because uh, you have some days where I still do carbs, but most days I don't. Know. Very good. Well, I'm, I'm a coffee bean guy, though. It's a better bean. Yeah, it, it is a good bean. I'm, I can't argue with you there. I've got one near. It's a better bean, man. <laughs> if, uh, if, if our listeners are in the L.A. area, call Rudy, call Fate, take them out for a cup of coffee and get to know awesome. these brothers. And uh, you, you, listen, in, in our first podcast, Fate gave me a great model for calling guys into ministry. <laughs> I'm going to have to get to off of this and, and get your intermittent fasting plan. Yes, sir. <laughs> You've inspired me. Great to be with you, brothers. And everybody, I hope you'll join us for our next Common Ground Unity podcast. Again, you can go to the Christian Standard and read the articles Fate and Rudy wrote in the February edition and uh, go to their church websites. Listen to a preach. Be blessed by these brothers further than uh, what you were today. Look forward to being back with you again for another podcast next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Common Grounds Unity podcast. Please check out commongroundsunity.org to learn more about who we are. There are plenty of resources and you can subscribe to the weekly email articles, join the Facebook group, or find our YouTube channel. We've also provided a link in the show notes for comments. You can ask questions or suggest topics and guests. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do that too through the show notes or on our website. Until next time, God bless. And remember, unity starts with a cup of coffee.